Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The working title of this episode is Kendrick Tucker, MD. Bravo, doctor. Because listen, I feel as if we're in a state of emergency. I don't know what exactly is going on, but some of this programming has been very lackluster and we got to talk about it. So don't worry. This is a special episode. I'm not going to talk about Merit in Medicine. I'm not even going to talk about Merit at First Sight. I'm only talking about the Bravo shows that are finaleing or that have already finaled and are gearing up for their reunion. We got to talk about these shows, the state of these shows, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go in, do a little surgery. I'm going to fix each one of these shows and how they can be a whole lot better next season. It's your weekly reality roundup episode of me and you, the housewives and Marvel Two. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Yes, y'all heard me damn correctly. We only talking about four shows this week. 
that's because all of these shows are either season finale and getting ready for the reunion or are about the season finale. And we got to talk about all of them. The state of Bravo is a little sad. I don't want their ratings to drop so low that we never get Housewives back or any of our other favorite programming. I mean, the shows are doing well enough to where they'll be around for, I'm guessing, you know, years to come, a few more years at least. But it, we we can we can fix a lot of these shows. Like, none of them are unfixable. Well, chap, maybe one of them. But none of them are unfixable to where, you know, at least we can't get a couple more years of good programming out of them. I'm just saying. We're going to talk about them. We, before we, you know, I'm going to basically, you know, break down each episode like I always do. I'm going to give y'all the uh, the listener feedback like I always do. It's as hilarious as it always is. And then I'm going to kind of doctorate work on it you know i watch a lot of uh good doctor and uh you know I, I dip into the resident and you know every now and then i catch episode of gray's anatomy just because everybody is so pretty on there and then you know i i feel like i'm a you know a whole surgeon out here so i'm gonna doctor up these episodes we go figure out what's going on with them what kind of changes we need to make what'll put them back on the map you know we go we we go we go work on them don't worry and i want to hear all of y'all's feedback so if y'all listen to this episode if you completely disagree or agree with something you know let me know y'all know the dms at housewives marvel podcast on instagram just slide up in them let me know and then maybe in a future episode we'll you know we'll doctor up again but for right now i'm gonna work on these four episodes that's why i'm excluding married to medicine because married to medicine is in good shape you know our day as long as toya couldn't hell up as long as heavenly will say any damn thing on camera and as long as simone laughs like a wild hyena every episode i think we're gonna be okay with those uh married at first sight you know it gives what it always gives this has been one of their best seasons to date i think so i don't need to doctor on them either so let's focus on our four bravo shows that you know are ending you know one of them you might not even we might not need to do anything with but three of them i definitely think can use some work before we jump into those though let's let's start on a good note we got something this week that shocked the entire bravo community and that thing was bring the ring that Potomac 10 second teaser, however long it was, it was every single thing that we needed in life. When they showed it after the Atlanta finale, I literally stood up. I said, wait, what is, I thought we were getting like a peek into something that we weren't supposed to. I didn't think Bravo meant to show it, but when they showed it, the Bravo community got happy as hell. You can always count on Potomac for some good ass drama. Potomac since season one, every single season has gotten better and better and better and better to where like the expectations of season high season six are so high that I, I don't know. They're high. They're high. But if anybody can meet them, it's Potomac. And based on that little few ass second trailer, that's all I needed in life. That revived me for the whole summer. I'm with it. You know, Family Karma's coming back. Hopefully, it's a good season of Beverly Hills. You never know. I mean, we know we they set us up a lot. I'm ready to meet Ebony on New York. It's, you know, we, we got some hope. But right now, our money, listen, we got to talk about some of those other guys. Let me go ahead and get into this little Potomac, though. Because <laughs> Potomac was definitely giving that little itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini ass teaser that they gave us. It was everything I needed. First of all, 
all of the ladies looked fantastic on screen, especially Wendy. Wendy, you you know what a second season housewife is. You did the damn thing. I'm here for you, Wendy. You did that shit. You look good as hell. The little teaser opens up with Karen. <laughs> Shady is there talking about, do you want to talk about your fiery box? Now, who do y'all think she was talking about? Her best friend of me, Giselle, of course. Who the hell else would she be talking about? Wendy said, you talking about her coochie on fire? <laughs> you know, Wendy messy. I love to mess, Wendy. Karen said, oh, yeah, she got a hot box. I know that's right. Giselle said, uh, we all know the ding dong at her house is broken. Talking about Ray's dick. Y'all remember last season, Robin said that later hate that man dick. Oh, Lord. The Ashley and Robin looking crazy as hell. I appreciate Let me shout out the dip ran by uh, Bravo Wild Black's very own Kaya. You know, their social media page. She's a social media manager now doing a damn thing. That's right, Kaya. She put up a transcript of this thing, and I have it literally saved on Instagram because, I mean, what the hell else do I need to be happy about in life? She put that up, and then at the end of this clip, Wendy Ocefo, I don't know what kind of party this was. I It had to have had a theme because she holds up two cupcakes that are, you know, vanilla-ish colored, but they got like some Hershey's kisses almost on the end. And she said, does anybody want a titty? Listen, iconic. It's everything I needed in life. I stand. I live. Now, two people we didn't see in this trailer. We didn't see rumored new housewife Mia, what is it, Mia Thornton, Mia Thompson, whoever. And we didn't see Candace. Now that upsets me because I need Candace to be absolute full time. Y'all are lying to yourselves if you go act like Potomac didn't get jumping once uh Candace joined the scene. Now we can argue about that all day. Actually, no, we can't argue with your mammy. Don't argue with me because they did the goddamn thing. Let me first, because I know I'm not the only one that thought this. The Bravo community was ablaze once we got this little sneakity peekity peekity sneakity i was i know I, I i i had to stand up for a minute marital medicine brought me back down with all this social justice and lord knows we needed that right now because y'all been showing y'all ass in america these oof. i promise i would try to i've been trying to because i've been posting enough about it on social media i've been trying not to talk about everything going on because i want to give y'all a little escape but lord knows let's at least say that I'm very, 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 very happy that we got some accountability as Derek Chauvin's ass has been sentenced. Well, no, I'm sorry. Hadn't been sentenced. He's been found guilty on all three charges. Hopefully his ass goes away for more than 40 years. That will be the justice that I want, but who knows? We'll never get justice because George Floyd will, you know, he's not coming home. So, you know, he's gone. He's gone home, as we say in the black community. He's had his home going, but... He can never go home to his daughter that loved him or his girlfriend. You know, we'll, he'll he'll never get that. But at least this ugly bastard is behind bars. And he was remanded immediately. They didn't let him go home, get his things together till sentences. Uh-uh, they said, take your monkey ass to jail. And that's where they took his raggedy ass. So he's sitting in jail right now. Anyway, I forgot how the hell I even got on that subject. <laughs> but let me actually, 
I wasn't the only one happy about Potomac in this little teaser. It lit the Bravo community on fire. Let me throw it over to Noor, my baby Noor from the Reality Is podcast. I love those guys over there so much. Let me throw it to her because she definitely has some opinions about this little sneaky depicted. I was going to say trailer, but it wasn't a trailer because I know that trailer is going to give and it's going to do what needs to be done. This little teaser, 10 second teaser that Bravo gave us. Let her talk about it. This is Noor from the Reality Is podcast, reporting live from the Rails parking lot in New Jersey. And here's my thoughts about Potomac. Everybody on the internet is talking about assignments. Oh, so-and-so understood the assignment, this person, that person. Let me tell you something about Karen Huger, okay? Karen Huger, she didn't just know the assignment. She made the damn syllabus, okay? She's the dean of the program, all right? That lady knows what she's doing. That season, this season is going to be off the chain. I can't wait. Love you. Say that shit, Noor. I know that's right. Listen, one thing about Potomac, I'm going to give it to them. Everybody on their cast understands the assignment. Now, look, we have some franchises now that they not, you know, about 80% of the cast don't understand the assignment. I mean, we can go down to, you know, Jersey. We can argue that Teresa understands the assignment. Marge, Jennifer, they understand the assignment. You know, Melissa, I, it's, she sews up to the wrong class sometimes, you know. Jackie, uh, I don't know. I gave her credit. She at least showed up to the right room this year at the beginning. But then she was that kid that, you know, she came to school and, Boy, oh boy, you know, you wondered like, damn, she gone again? Where? What? Did? And then they came back after like three weeks and handed in a, you know, they absent sheet. Oh, I was, I was at a doctor's appointment. Not for no damn three weeks you weren't. Anyway, I'm actually going to uh, play a clip from one of my other favorite listeners. This is OG Smartass on Instagram. And she had a lot of thoughts. You're going to hear her thoughts throughout the episode. But she had some thoughts about that amazing, amazing Potomac teaser too. So let me throw it over to her. Hi, Kendrick. This is OG Smartass coming to you live from Toronto. All right, I'm going to make this quick because Atlanta picks up most of the bulk. I have three things I got to talk to you about. First, Potomac. Um, Karen ain't got no friends, so I see the villain edit in her future this season. And Wendy was hilarious because she's seen that conversation going downhill and she's like, anybody want a titty? Anybody want a titty, please? But yeah, um, that was hilarious. And I just want to know what the future looks like for Potomac. Ashley might calm her little ass down this season. I don't know why, but I see her being very docile. We can only pray. She is so damn funny. Every time she sends in notes, I end up hollering. She is hilarious. And y'all going to love her other notes that she has throughout this episode. But I want to touch on one thing that she said in that note. I actually said the exact same thing about Karen Huger. I feel like, okay, we got to look at the teams. When you're the villain on a show, it's because you don't have anybody on your team. Let's think about this. Giselle and Robin, the Green Eyed Bandits, you got those two in one corner. Wendy Osefo, she, her and Karen might get along now. I don't really know, but... Obviously, she's team, you know, Greek sororities, a.k.a., you know, Delta Love. She's over there with Wendy. I mean, she's over there with Robin and Giselle. They all friends. We all know this. Candace obviously don't fool with Karen no more. She's with Giselle and Robin and Wendy now. Ashley, 
Ashley's gonna be cool with, you know, whoever she can be. That might be I can see that being Karen's only only ally, but hell, leaving her, you know, the, the Karen get tired of her ass too, so I see her being over there hanging out with Giselle and them too. You know, when we see pictures online, it's usually with her of them, not really of her and Karen. So tell who am I missing? Uh uh what's the good name? Monique Gone. Who's this? I missed there's a seventh one. Who is it? Giselle, and then next to her was Candace, and then Wendy, and then on the other side it was did I talk? Yo, yeah, I talked about it. yeah, 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 because Karen was the other one. So yeah, Monique is gone, and then the Mia girl. I don't know who she gets along with. Karen, you better start recruiting, cause I can see you getting the villain edit too. I mean, it's gonna be all of them against you, either the villain edit or the sympathetic edit, because you know if they end up looking like they jumping on you, then maybe they gonna take your team, but. Be careful how you tread this season, Karen. It's going to be easy for them to jump on you and beat your ass. Nah, not literally, but you know what I mean, to break you down and make it seem like you uh either not participating because you keep disengaging or what it is. But, the idea, you, you you know, you the grand dame, so I'm going to let you you work it out. I can't be giving you all the secrets. Now, if you want to pay me, you know, I don't know what you and Ray Money looking like nowadays, but if y'all want to pay me, you know, I'll help you out. i even write some of them reads for you. You know, y'all... You know, have sometimes the housewives running the roadblocks, them reeds get a little tired, but you know, mine never do. I can help y'all, but anyway, listen, we got to do some doctoring. Let's go ahead and jump into oh, that, that tired ass <laughs> Real Housewives of Atlanta finale. Sorry, that's the only way I can put it. Let's go ahead and jump to that tired ass finale. We kick off the finale with a little montage of what's been going on with all the ladies. Candy is, you know, getting her own day in Fulton County. I guess Candy Burris Tucker Day. Congratulations, Candy. Cynthia and Mike's hilarious asses are discussing buying a new home in Atlanta. She's trying to hypnotize that man like they did in the movie Get Out. Portia is giving a speech about the Senate runoff race, you know, uh, Osoff and uh, uh, who, oh, who was it? Warning, you know, they asses in Georgia. You know, come on, people. They did what they need to do. Uh, Portia did a lot of helping with the campaign for them, did some lives on Instagram. We love to see it. We actually kick off the episode with uh, a somewhat pretty, incredibly super uncomfortable <laughs> meeting with Drew's family, Ralph and Josiah. And Josiah's bio dad, or the old dad, as they call him. Child, that damn man talking about he want to be a part of his life, but showed up almost an hour and a half late to the damn meeting time. Now, see, they better than I'll ever be. I would have told that Drew Hill-looking motherfucker <laughs> that we're going to have to uh, build this relationship over FaceTime or, or Skype or Zoom or Microsoft Teams or something. I ain't about to keep showing up to places and you are an hour and a half late. Who the hell you think you are? That damn man, when they asked him about his memories of him as a child, he said his best memories of Josiah was when they brought him to see him while he was, quote unquote, away. Now, y'all know what away is. Y'all know what the hell he's talking about. Y'all watching up Jersey and, you know, some of y'all like me, y'all, y'all have had to go, you know, y'all had to go visit some people away, too. Don't judge me. While he was, you know, that was for you know, those that don't know while he was in the, the big house the the clink uh the, the slammer you know you know what the hell it is the uh Teresa Jidici vacation home y'all know what I'm talking about I don't know what he was accused of or what he did but hopefully 
he's in a place now where he can forge a good relationship with Josiah. Ch- Josiah was paying that damn man Dustington. Dustington, do you hear me? He had no interest at all in the bullshit. He tried to, <laughs> they said, give him a hug. That boy tried to reach across the table and hug him. They had to say, boy, get your ass up and go around that damn table. I don't blame you, to J- Josiah. See, he would have been on my damn nerves anyway, showing up an hour and a half late. <sighs> I just had to inhale, exhale. Y'all got big damn nerve, I'm just saying. Kenya invites Dr. Christie to her home. You know, I actually like Dr. Christie. Y'all know I'm happy whenever we see a different doctor on these damn shows other than Dr. Jeff and Dr. Sherry's ass that's always on the uh, the Braxton family values. Dr. Sherry, your ass need to retire. I'm so damn sick of you. Child, <laughs> y'all could at least let uh, Iyanla pop up on the scene the way she be doing all these damn stunts for these people to help fix their marriage. I'm surprised. I wonder what the divorce rate is after people leave Iyanla Van Zandt. It, it got to be like 78% because <laughs> Iyanla be taking their asses down through there. Listen, ooh, I just, <laughs> listen, tell that man to go out there and put his face in a hole. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> Kenya talks about all the confusion shit that Mark does. And the therapist says that, you know, she wishes she had both of their perspectives because she only ever gets to get Kenya's. She tries to text and to call Mark, but it keeps like going to voicemail and saying not delivered. She says that man blocked me. That lady went to get Brooklyn's cell phone because Apparently a two-year-old, three-year-old, whatever, needs a damn cell phone. Child, they get into it on that baby phone over text message because he said, I'm in the hospital. I'll call you back. My friend in the hospital. She said, boy, New York is not letting visitors in the hospital. Stop lying. He said, girl, I'm going to call you back. Shit. Well, you know, he didn't say it like that, but y'all know what the hell I mean. <laughs> Listen, y'all need to break the fuck up. Break up like them folks on married at first sight i'd be telling them to break up because y'all need to break up and i'm getting sick of y'all asses at this point ain't no fixing the marriage just get out the marriage kenya break it off cynthia is having friendmas they're having a like a white elephant party or whatever you know i've only ever done those when it's like a, a you know a 15 dollar limit where we go into the you know the ass scene on tv aisle and pulling some damn pet eggs or whatever the hell you can find that somebody else ain't got you they got damn gift limits of a thousand dollars if it ain't tricking if you got it i guess apparently marlo and latoya aren't coming because latoya says she you know she's over the bullshit and then Marlo just said, girl, I can't come. I had them folk drop off my gifts. Marlo over that shit. She didn't even bother getting people an excuse. She like, look, I can't come here. You got to be okay with that. I just can't come. Drew is having stomach craps. That's up. Not craps. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> stomach cramps. Y'all know what I mean. That apparently is like a medical disorder because she has a prescription for it. Drew, she talked, her and Porsche actually talked about this on Watch What Happens Live. Apparently, I, Lord, I wish I would have wrote the name down, but y'all know I don't be giving a damn that much. Some kind of disorder where she has like super bad, like menstrual cramps. And so they have to like, she has to get a prescription for it. So she had to wait for a doctor to call it in, for them to fill it, all kind of stuff. Drew and Portia are late, 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 late,
visually mad, but Kenya would have been mad, you know, if they were on time too. <laughs> Those are her two mortal enemies in life. Y'all know I got a couple of mortal enemies too, so I get it. They pull their numbers once everybody's there for White Elephant and they decide to leave the numbers one and two for Portia and Drew. Child, Portia and Drew show up three and a half hours late and shit officially gets underway. Now, ain't that some shit? <laughs> Portia pulls first and that was actually the funniest part of the damn episode. Cynthia bought that damn girl some raggedy ass Tiffany set. Now y'all know Tiffany's jewelry is probably the most beautiful stuff in the world. That shit that Cynthia bought looks so damn cheap. And you know what? Let me not talk about it because that's outside of my tax bracket. But the shit looked cheap. The funniest part of this damn episode though was Candy constantly laughing every time Portia was doing something with this gift. I mean, Candy was T-I-C-K-L-E-D. She was tickled do you hear me now if i spelt that wrong like mama d y'all charge it to my head not my heart okay leave me the hell alone drew pulled porsche's gift and it was oh it was some good baccarat perfume which is usually like i mean if you look online anywhere from 400 to 600 dollars and a mini gucci purse so well over the thousand dollar limit child now that's how you do a damn gift mallory 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 ass brought a damn case of wine. Now see, it ain't no motherfucking gift if you own a wine cellar, okay? You and your sister be down to that damn wine cellar. Y'all done soaked off the labels and you trying to sell it to that damn girl. See, Portia better or whoever the hell pulled that shit. I think it was Drew, raggedy ass. Shamia pulled Candy's gift, which was a brand new iPhone. And it's not, it ain't no just no regular iPhone. It's like the newest one, the 12, and it got the most gigabytes. I know that's right. The most gigabytes. I know that's right, Candy. Candy, you better show them people you still got that escape money. I don't look. I don't know who gave who the rest. I wouldn't half-ass paying attention, even on my second go-round, because it's, you know. I mean, the finale was good for some laughs, but it was, you know, tired as hell overall. So I didn't really pay attention to who I was pulling what, and I didn't care enough to take notes. So bada-boom, bada-bam, bada-bam, like Peter Pablo said. Let's just get to the shit that was supposed to be the climax of the episode. Kenya pulls Drew's gift. And she had that damn cat wig <laughs> that she got roasted in in the second episode of the damn season. She had a cassette tape, that raggedy ass wig, and a boom box. And probably something else, child. I wasn't half ass paying attention. They played a tape, <laughs> and it's a recording of Prophet Lot that she thought was evidence, but oh, yikes. Big yikes, Jew. The gag was Kenya calling Drew a damn narc throughout this whole episode. Kenya, you got big fucking nerve. You got big fucking nerves, okay? You've been narking about Bolo this whole damn season. Now, I get it. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with production. I'm sure, you know, you've been doing this show for a damn decade now, so you know that if they don't talk about it, ain't no show. So, I get it. I get it. But calling that girl a narc after they've been calling you out for being a narc all season that's that's new <laughs> that's that's new latoya shows up right on time and all hell breaks loose drew said you weren't looking for god you were looking for some dick d-i-c-k some dick child <laughs> latoya said ralph was looking for some good pussy in tampa you know what 
Y'all, y'all too much for me. I don't know what to say. They try to uh, storm out of there because, you know, Kenya will always storm out with other people. <laughs> with anybody that hates her same enemies, oh, she going to storm out with you. She don't give a damn. Candy and Drew end up getting into it because she feels like she's putting it on Latoya when that's a grown ass man. You know, it's it's a whole lot. That whole argument, Candy was mad. You know, when Candy get mad, she get the grit in them teeth. I know her dentist be mad in the motherfucker. Her dentist probably wants her to quit this show so goddamn bad, but she won't do it. She y'all, I told y'all uh, I was listening to a thing and I think it was Funky Dineva. And he said that Candy told him, why the hell would I quit a show where you get paid two, three million dollars a year just to go sit and eat lunch with some bitches? I know that's right. Hell, if I if I had the option, I'd go do it too, Candy. I wouldn't quit. Just let your, your damn dentist be mad. I'm sure your dentist is Dr. Heavenly ass the way they be reading Dr. Heavenly. So stay on the show, grit your teeth, get mad at Drew, do whatever the hell you need to do. Oh, suck ass. Latoya and Kenya steal the damn champagne that drew pulled you know from mallory it was her turn to pull it then nobody want that damn shit so drew round up with it and they go outside and she realizes like oh shit i left my purse latoya goes back in and ends up getting into it with drew she picked up that wig and she threw it at drew's ass Ooh, Drew tried to get at her, but everybody, including production, jumped up and tried to stop her. It's a mess. It's a whole mess. Look, I've said it till I'm blue in the face. This finale was raggedy as hell, but I appreciate Drew and Latoya for at least trying this entire season. I feel like they tried the entire season. Those two did the most this season, tried the most at least in this lazy-ass season. Portia usually gives without even trying, so I give Portia a pass too. You know, Kenya, <laughs> Kenya got a badass attitude, and it comes across like she's trying to. I actually like and value Cynthia. Uh, ugh, I'll, I'll talk about all this a little more when I get into the doctor section of this. Oh boy, this, I don't want to spend any more time on the damn finale. Let me actually throw it back to OG Smartass, who has some opinions about this entire this entire episode and a little bit about the whole season of Atlanta too. So let's throw it back over to OG Smartass. And lastly, the girls of Atlanta. Uh, Kenya was paying Drew the ultimate dust. That was hilarious. Whatever you want, girl. Yes, you're right. I'm a bad yes. You're you know what? I am so sorry. Um, I also believe that production is the one that dragged Bolo because they had nothing to talk about. Yes, Kenya brought it up. I don't know. I'm I'm also trying not to be a Kenya apologist, but yes, Kenya brought it up. But I feel like, you know, production dragged it because they had nothing else to talk about. I also believe Portia is a follower. She goes where the wind blows. Um, she only got mad at Kenya because she wanted to be on Nini's side and she only became friends with Kenya because she was mad at Nini. So a follower, she gives me Jennifer from Jersey vibes, ass kisser, right? And um, let me re-mention Drew one more time. Everybody, I believe, saw through the profit lot thing. Even though Portia was running with it, like, oh, she showed up on time. She must prophesize. Everybody was rolling their eyes to the back of their head every time she tried to like take two straws together and make a forest fire like it just wasn't working 
And did I mention that Latoya was carrying the season? Because Latoya is carrying the season. I know everybody can't stand her, but if it wasn't for Latoya keeping it bumping and funky, like, I don't know where we would be right now. No, I don't. We all know Bolo Gate wasn't it, so I don't know. And 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 Portia's trying to like not engage. Like, girl, engage. Shut up. She is so damn funny. <laughs> that shut up always kills me. Look, let me doctor on this 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 franchise for a minute because that's the whole purpose of this episode. So let's talk about casting first. Atlanta, I, honestly, I feel like has a great cast. The problem is. They've all been doing it with the exception of Drew. They've all been doing this for so long that they've gotten a little, com- you know, they've, they've gotten comfortable. Portia, honestly, I feel like they could fire everybody and build a cast around Portia. I would keep Drew too, just because I like her. She's new. You know, she came in during a very rough year and still delivered. I would keep those two and build a whole new cast around them. Candy, I get it. Candy is Atlanta. Like, Candy has roots all through Atlanta. She, you know, that when you think Atlanta, you think, you know, well, child, I was about to say T.I. and Tiny, but ooh, let, me, let me not mention them no more. You know, you think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people piece up A-Town down. So we think of a lot of people in Candy and all of them. They're definitely some of the people that we think about. But um, I, it comes a certain point where, has Candy's time run out on the show? If the if she came back for another season, I you know it, it it wouldn't bother me. But you know, I just feel like they can probably make some changes with the casting. I actually have really grown to love Cynthia, but if she didn't come back either, I'd be okay. Like you know, I I understand her her and Candy's both their roles on the show. But do you need this many voices of reason on one show? Like I don't know. It's kind of getting away from the whole housewives thing. I feel like Portia, I, whether Portia comes back or not next season is kind of up in the air. It'll be 1,000% her decision because I think Bravo loves them some Portia. I think if they had to, they would build this whole franchise around her. So if she decides not to come back, it's because she's done with it and she'd rather do, you know, focus on social justice or whatever she wants to focus on, her businesses. You know, she's got the other shows, Chat Room and uh, Dish Nation, all that. So I feel like if she left, it would be because she actually you know, wanted to. So they definitely wouldn't fire her. Kenya. Kenya is a tough one because I get it. She plays the villain and she plays it well, but are we ready to usher in the era of a new villain? I think that Atlanta has gotten a little recycled. So they definitely could, you know, there was a time when Atlanta was pulling in, I'm talking about monstrous ratings, but it just seems like a lot of people just don't care anymore because it's gotten so rehearsed, rehashed, a little too script. You know, it's, it's gotten a lot. So my doctoring would be, I would go ahead and I would make the hard decisions. I would cut everybody except Drew and Portia, and I would build a new cast around them. Maybe a couple of faces that we know, like maybe bring back some old people. Like I'll bring back Sheree. Sheree's an amazing housewife every time she's there. I would love now that can't if you know in my scenario Candy's gone, so I would love for Phaedra to be back. That brings it up to four, and then give us two new women that we don't know. Some people that people always want to put on celebrities. Damn celebrities! Celebrities got too much to lose. I always tell y'all the best 
housewives are rich women who have absolutely nothing to lose, who can just show up at a moment's notice, call some shit at a party and leave. Like that's all we need. That cast of six right there, I think could be very good, but let's talk about the bigger issue in Atlanta production. Atlanta's production company has gotten so goddamn lazy. Y'all have to admit ever since Carlos King left, it just feels like a spark left in Atlanta. They've had some great seasons, but they haven't been consistent. Atlanta has gotten very okay with having filler episodes. And that's not the way a show should work. Like there shouldn't be this many fillers in a season. Like it's like they thought, okay, well, Bolo's coming around this time. So we, these next couple can be filler. They'll stick around and you know, it, it shouldn't feel like that. And that's the way it kind of feels. <sighs> I don't know. I would, I would definitely try to get a new production company. I would make, I would make sure that Atlanta and Potomac were filming at different times every single year. And I'd make all them folk go down there and just swap out. Cause their production is doing the damn thing. I now child, if y'all tell me they got the same production company, I'm a holler, but they need something, something needs to happen. Cause the stuff that we're getting, you know, is good. But see, like even I'm not mad at drew for the profit lot stuff. Cause you know, it, it was a major storyline that we got like in the last two episodes though, but a major storyline, but I don't know. It felt lazy, but hell, at least she was trying. I'll give it to anybody that's trying. I, that's my suggestion. Production needs a refresh or some, you know, some, some people to figure it out. Try to get Carlos King back, even though he's got that big deal with own now. And he, listen, he's cranking out them damn shows. Them, them Carlos King shows are good as hell. Get Carlos King back. <laughs> uh, revamp the production down there. Producers, you know, the on-site produce something. Line producers, anybody. So many people got to be swapped out and then refresh the cast. Cause you got to bring back some names that we care about. Like Sheree and Phaedra coming back in one season. That would be like headline news. People will tune in for that. But oh God, Bravo has been so afraid to pull the trigger that boy, oh boy, I wouldn't expect it to happen, but you know, it, 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 if it did, I'd be very happy. I don't know. Matter of fact, damn it, let's just go ahead and move on to our next show. Who do y'all want to talk about next? Let's just go ahead and talk about, hell, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Dallas. First of all, this episode opens with like a Dallas-style opening, child, instead of the traditional, like, you know, taglines housewife opening you know what is it uh <laughs> uh no dallas girls are sugar and spice i'm still working on nice and that damn deandra tagline that deep ass voice um i mean i guess it was i don't know what the point of it was i guess because they you know traveled to south fork or whatever this episode you know yay i i guess i don't know brandy is somewhere planning a getaway or a spend the night party at south fork which apparently is a big deal in dallas i'm guessing it's gonna be a murder mystery party or such uh i don't listen i don't half-ass pay attention to brandy scene so <laughs> i don't know what she was talking to them damn ladies about but 
All I know is at some point they're having a murder mystery and I'm so goddamn tired of murder mysteries. I don't know what to do on these damn housewife shows. I'm tired of murder mysteries. I don't want to solve no more mysteries. I live in Memphis. People are murdered every second, every murder, every murder. There's a whole lot of murder. I'm tired of talking about murder, murder mystery. I don't want to talk about no more murder. I don't want to solve no murders. I'm tired of the murder mystery. I don't want to talk about none of it no more. If I never see another murder on TV again, a murder mystery, we got to solve a damn murder. It will be too damn soon. I'm so sick of these damn murders. I don't know what to do. Y'all can't pay me to watch another murder mystery party. I'm just saying. Deandra goes to see her hairstylist guru shaman man. And they talk about her brother and stepmama. She doesn't feel like she's ready to deal with her because she doesn't always have control of her temper. Valid. I feel you. He gives her advice and then they do like a a burn ceremony, I guess like the burn book in, well, no, it wasn't like the burn book in, <laughs> in Mean Girls. They was actually burning up shit on, uh, on Dallas. These people do shit that is outside of my tax, my tax bracket. I'm trying to tell y'all. If I started a damn fire in my backyard, you better believe the damn cops would be knocking on my damn door, calling me everything but a child of God. Smokey the Bear would be trying to whoop my black ass in the middle of the street, but y'all having whole ass fire ceremonies in the backyard. Anyway, that man put on that hat from his pioneer ancestors and he began a damn ceremony. I don't know what the hell they talked about. But they they ceremonized and then they got the hell on about their business. Tiffany takes her girls on a spa date and talks about how her mom sent her like all of these nice text messages after last episode when she left her ass crying. <laughs> Child, her mama knew this shit was going to be on the damn show. She knew all of it was going to air one day. She was like, ah, ah, let me get ahead of this shit. We also, though, in another breath, get a scene of Carrie with all of her daughters. Now, listen, the only time Carrie isn't an ingrown hair in my left ass cheek is when she's with her children. The only time because, you know, she didn't pull that shit with that catching COVID and get on their plane and going to the gay club. That's a story for another day. We'll talk about that another damn day because I don't feel like being pissed off at Carrie right that damn now. After bonding over making foods that she used to eat as a kid, she talks about talking to her mom and how her relationship is growing and all this kind of stuff. See, this is when Carrie is at her best. I don't ever want to see you turn 50 again. I don't want to ever see you drink tequila again. I don't want to see you ever fight with DeAndre again, ever again. None of it. This is when you at your best. I hate you any other time, so just know that, okay? Child, before her meeting with her stepmom, Deandra calls Mama D, and baby, Mama D goes the fuck in. Do you hear me? She said about the stepmama, she said that woman looked like a Beverly Hillbilly. She was ugly. That man married for love the second time around instead of beauty. Mama D is a mess. Let me tell you something. If you can't count on nothing else, you can always count on Mama D throwing some shade. Just when you think an episode is about to be a flop, enter the Simmons family. Child, thank God for Jeremy Locke because he got her ass together after that raggedy ass call with Mama D. 
chat. And then what's even crazier to me is when they hung up the phone, Mama D said, okay, I'm headed to church. See you later. I know you fucking lying, Mama D. <laughs> I know that's right. He even prayed with her, though. That was nice. Oh, I have walked in the rain like the I have strayed. I have even known pain. Yes, I have. Y'all don't know about the clock, sisters. Let me keep going. See, y'all ain't religious. Let me go on with my sinning ass. Okay. Jeremy drives her there and he waits for her to come out. The stepmom acts not to be filmed, so we don't get to see any of that conversation. Deandra tells Jeremy that, you know, she tries her hardest to be the bigger person, that the conversation actually, you know, went pretty well, all things considered. The only thing that they had different, like, version of events of was around the time that her dad committed suicide. But she also found out during this conversation that her brother, despite what she said in the email, her brother wanted no relationship with her ass after all. Now, child, see... That damn stepmama, she messy, she a lie, she lazy. So you be lying like damn, uh, <laughs> lying like them people in Jersey. Just be lying, lying like Melissa ass. Why, did, why do I always slander Melissa? Melissa, I'm going to get off you one day. One day. Today is not that day. Let me throw it over to uh, OG Smartass again. Because <laughs> she has some thoughts about all of this stuff with Deandra and everything we learned about her past. Cause Deandra this season has really opened up about a lot that's going on to make her the Deandra Simmons. She is today. Let me throw it over to her. Thoughts on Dallas. Okay. Um, that's Deandra's money. Her stepmama needs to go, you know, have several seats. Uh, her daddy did not take care of her. Her mama made sure she got the coins when he kicked the bucket. Petunia's doing too much. Like, she was offered half and she said, nah, I want it all. And then she got left with none. I mean, what you think was going to happen? What you think was going to happen? I'm confused. That's not, that's not her fault. And the simple fact of, I feel like they're holding a relationship, like the, the stepmom and the brother are holding a relationship hostage with her because she got the coins after the fact. The girl wasn't taken care of by her dad. So why is that an issue? I don't know. White people problems. Ooh, I told y'all last week. I didn't. Now, I agree with that. That man didn't pay no damn child support all that time. I'm glad Mama D was smart enough to get a wheel that superseded anything that could have been done in the future. She said, oh, hell no. Nah, you ain't help pay, uh, take care of my damn daughter. Well, guess what? You go pay in the afterlife. You make sure that you sign over everything you got to her when she dead and DeAndre got it all. That damn raggedy ass stepmama and that raggedy ass stepbrother. Y'all just got to go on about your business. Don't nobody give a damn about none of that. DeAndre was in the right, so was Mama D. Keep that money. I'm not mad at either one of y'all. The girls start getting together, you know, all this stuff for Brandy's two-night sleepover, 80s weekend, or whatever the hell it is. Child, I don't know. Child, somebody brought Jen Davis' ass back from the dead. Come on, Jen. You better uh, rise like Jesus on Easter. You, <laughs> you better come for Brandy's spot. That's what you better do. They get to South Fork or whatever the hell it's called, and they're going to check into their rooms. Apparently, there aren't enough rooms for everybody, and they got them big grown-ass women sleeping two and three to a bed. Now, see, look, I wish the fuck I would. Let me tell y'all something. This is a point of contention with every family vacation that we plan. I don't play about my sleeping arrangements, okay? I don't play. I'm not about to pay 
all their money to share a bed, share a room, or share space with anybody. No, you're not about to get all this money out of me and then try to get me to share a room. Uh-uh. I'm not married to you. Y'all gone here. You you share with your wife. You share with your husband. Y'all gone on, but I need my own room. Thank you, please, and kindly. I don't share rooms with nobody because I like my room freezing cold. And I like a big ass, comfortable ass bed that I can sleep dead in the middle of. Not on the left side, not on the right side, dead center of. So don't play with me. Look, I couldn't have went on this trip. I would have had to wish them a good luck. I would have turned right back around and went back to Dallas, South Fork. You wouldn't have been it for me that weekend. Sucks to suck. Listen, you know how you know a housewife season is tired as hell. <laughs> They do a murder mystery. I told y'all at the top of the episode, I, listen, do a murder mystery party. That's how you know that shit is getting like, they did it on Atlanta this season. We are sick of murder mysteries. I'm sick of murder, no more murder. Therefore, we'll wait until next week to discuss that shit because they didn't really get to it this episode. They did a little bit of hee-haw, hee-hawing, but I'm not going to bother talking about that, okay? And I hope y'all don't mind. I'm sure you don't. (laughs) The only thing we'll mention is the moment that really, like, genuinely made me laugh out loud. When they were in the backyard before the whole murder mystery thing began, they told DeAndra to, you know, bust out your moves, bust out your best moves that you had in the 80s. And DeAndre got on her knees and acted like she was doing a line of cocaine. I know that's right, DeAndre. See, DeAndre seemed like she would have been fun as hell to party with back in the day. Now, look, I won't go partake in all them damn party drugs because I'm a punk bitch, scary cat. I don't do drugs like that. But, you know, I'll watch you doing my guess and then I'll, I'll hold your hair while you throw up. But then I want to go home after that. I'm trying to watch my, uh, I'm trying to watch the stories, okay? I'm trying to see uh who got killed on Young and the Restless and all that kind of stuff. I ain't trying to sit up and uh be holding your damn hair back all damn night you know what a murder mystery finale deserves a little bit of slander so let me throw it over to kaya from the watch you know i was about to say from watch what happens live look i'm uh okay i'm uh what's it called i'm manifesting stuff for you i know that's right you gonna be the new co-host of watch what happens live one day when uh andy cohen come out as racist or something <laughs> And they have to fire his ass. I'm just playing, Andy. If you ever hear this, I'm just playing. But uh, Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast, you know, she loves to send in her weekly slander just for us over here at the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. So enjoy. Hey, it's Kaya from Bravo Wild Black. Weekly reminder to cancel Real Housewives of Dallas. Take that budget, spread it out between the other franchises. Thank you enough of them let's go ahead and move on to oh wait a minute i didn't doctor <laughs> you see that i'm so damn tired of dallas i almost forgot to fix their ass listen we can do a couple of things with dallas one of which has just been suggested in that damn voice note we can go ahead and cancel their asses because dallas dallas is doing i don't know i don't know what dallas is doing but they doing something listen i love me some deandra i love me some tiffany moon if they were to keep those two and completely recast around them to find, try to find some, you know, some more Dallas girls and really make it another fun show, I'd be okay with that. Let's do that. Otherwise, let's just get rid of it because I I don't know how to, I honestly, I don't know what to do with Dallas anymore because 
It's way too many problematic characters on one show. They, I don't know. They, they struggled this season. Like they started off so good. I thought like they got to a point where like, I was loving to watch them at first because we had just came from Potomac that had gotten so heavy. And then we went into Dallas. They were fun to watch initially. Then I was watching strictly to hate watch them. I was loving to hate them every single week. But now it's just like, Lord Jesus, get me off this boat. This is the Titanic, Lord. Just, Lord, drive it into an iceberg, Lord. I don't know what to do. I'm sick of this shit. I don't know. Dallas, my suggestion would be really doing some good casting next season. I don't know what the numbers are looking like. I've heard that it's a bit, you know, it's a little scary. I don't know. I don't know if we go get that, but hell, if they wanted to cancel Dallas and go to another, like maybe Real Housewives of Houston, hell, look at some of them girls from the whole house. I see I be calling them for the whole house. The house of whole from HBO. Now they gave. I like them. Maybe get a couple of them, like uh, Judy and all them. Get a couple of girls and some of the uh, Married to Medicine Houston girls. Get them in there. You already got them. You know, they Bravo approved. Get you a couple new people. Maybe Dallas just ain't it if y'all can't find nobody else. Or hell, maybe diversify Dallas a little bit. Y'all got Tiffany. That's a good start. But hey, Dallas, do y'all know what the population in Dallas looks like? And that's what y'all came up with? I guess. Listen. Fix this shit. I would hate to get rid of Dallas altogether, but I could definitely do without Carrie. At this point, I can definitely do without Cam. I damn sure can do without Brandy. Stephanie, I don't care. Just, you know, I used to love... Stephanie at one point was my favorite, but I feel like her edits are way too perfect for me. Like, you've never gotten a bad edit, not even for one episode, and this bothered me. That's that's weird to me. It makes me think that you got your hand in production which is the rumor out there. You know, they say her husband owns a little piece. So I'm just saying, listen, uh, if you're not going to cancel them, really take the time to doctor them. Maybe they need, maybe they need to go away like OC for a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that might help them. Just get them a little time and let them go away like OC and, you know, figure some shit out. Come back with some good casting or, get rid of them and go to a new city. I don't know. Houston or something. You got some options or I gave you some good options. I don't know if you're going to take any of them, but I know Bravo might be a little scared, but I feel like they'd be less scared to make big changes in Dallas than they would be to like Atlanta or a Beverly Hills, which they've always been scared about, you know, some of their historic money makers. So I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll, we'll see after this, finale lord ooh, let me tell y'all them damn reunion looks at dallas was so bad my nerves and my spirit was so upset the day they showed them reunion looks i didn't know what to do everybody except tiffany looked bad it, it just stressed me out so bad people were saying cam looked okay i damn disagree everybody except tiffany looked bad everybody except tiffany looked bad everybody except tiffany looked bad that shit stressed me. i was i was at work stressed out after looking at them looks i couldn't do it no more. i ugh. everybody except tiffany looked bad you know what i'm stressing myself out i've played doctor let me go ahead and move on to the real housewives of new jersey I 
I jumped to Jersey first because, you know, instead of Summer House, because they would need a little more work before Summer House would, even though Summer House could use a little work too. We'll get to that when we get to it. First of all, Frankie Jr. Hey, that's all. All of the ladies are gearing up for Margaret's boat ride where she'll do her little like book reading. You know, they, you know, when people get together, they hear an excerpt from the book and then they discuss or whatever. We get glimpses, glimpses, glimpses from Dolores telling Frank Jr. about, you know, her going in for a mammogram and them finding something wrong and her having to get a biopsy to make sure it isn't cancer. We get glimpses of Margaret telling Joe that Melissa can't come. So Jackie is going to be like her only ally on the boat. If Jennifer gets crazy, we love us some Jennifer getting crazy. I'm just saying we see. I don't know what else <laughs> I want half ass paying attention, but most importantly, we see Teresa going to mess with Gia in her room and she could hear like voice notes that are coming from the phone from her father. And she says, Oh, you know, I, I heard Gia met your girlfriend once Melania, Melania actually like walks by, you know, she's messing with Gia at first, but Melania walks by and her father's actually on FaceTime and she yells out, I heard Gia met your girlfriend. And then he goes, I heard she met your boyfriend. One thing and he was going to say it on camera. And then finally tree comes out and admits that she's dating someone. <laughs> it took juicy Joe all the way in Atlanta. Oh, not, you know what? I'm so damn ghetto. It took juicy Joe all the way from Italy. I'm talking about some damn Atlanta just cause they got the biggest airport. Don't mean they the biggest damn, you, you know what? Listen, the main thing I need y'all to know from this episode is I can't handle how old Melania is getting. Like I can't handle it at all. She used to be a little bitty girl. Where did the time go? I don't, this is crazy. Like I just feel like I'm getting older and older watching the housewives ages me so much and it's ridiculous that girl how old is melania and oh my god I, I can't take it i don't even want to think about it i'm way too damn old we see jennifer checking in on gabby you know her oldest daughter that witnessed that blowout between jennifer and her parents last episode not really jennifer and her parents but like between her parents her mom and her dad because baby they was going at it okay Gabby said, you know, she hates to see them argue like that, even though she's heard them do it before. Jennifer starts talking about, you know, her childhood and how her mom was. And Gabby was like, look, I I, I bet she was a scary ass mom. OK, <laughs> then Jennifer tells her how her parents, you know, marriage was arranged because I guess none of the kids knew that, that, you know, they wanted, you know, Jennifer's mom wanted to get out of the 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 way I guess. And she married him. Then her husband brought her all the way over to America. You know, it's a mess. Gabby is so ridiculously perceptive, like more than some of the wives on this show. <laughs> she says, Oh, I'd be angry at my husband too. If I was ripped away from everything I knew and had to come to America just because of him. Listen, Samesies, I agree. Samesies, I agree. Dumb where you don't speak the damn language, that's a whole lot. They both actually say that they bet her mom is embarrassed because her dad is staying with Jennifer and the optics might be bad. I can see that. You know, 
Pride is a motherfucker, and I bet pride is getting in the way and causing a whole lot of hurt in their family. So, Jennifer, that's what you got to focus on if you want to fix all these damn relationships like you and Yonla Van Zant. They get to the yacht, and them people start off by trying to set Teresa and Parker, the cute little uh, yacht boy with the blue eyes, trying to set him up with Teresa. Teresa... Get it how you live, sis, okay? Get it how you live! But Teresa breaks the news to everybody that she went on a date at whatever place they were talking about because, Jen- you know, not Jennifer, Jackie brought up the fact that she turns 22 next week and they all want to go to some place. And Teresa's like, oh, I met a guy there. He's already taken me on a date there and yada, yada, yada. And in fact, she's been on a few dates with his ass. She finally opens up and tells him that, you know, she prayed and she talked to her parents, you know, saying them, you know, both her parents are now deceased, telling them that, you know, send me a good guy and I really want to meet a good man. And on the very street that she prayed for him at, she met a man and has been giddy ever since. Look. Is that all it fucking takes? (laughs) I'm about to take a trip to New York, take me a walk on Wall Street, and I'm going to pray to my father, Lord rest his soul. I'm going to say, I want to meet a good man. (laughs) That way I don't have to take no chance because my daddy would probably try to send me somebody for love instead of money, and I don't want that, okay? (laughs) I'm not at that point in my life yet. I don't want that damn love. I want money, okay? That's all I care about. Help me pay these damn uh, Navy and Sally Mae and uh, Fed loan bills, hell. That's all I care about. I don't want to love. Love can't help me pay all that shit, okay? They go upstairs and start talking about Marge's book. She reads like an excerpt and it's about that part in her life where her boss basically uses his power over her to get her to sleep with him and, you know, take advantage of her. They all discuss. And then that's when Jennifer's like, wow, that is entirely different than how you told it in Lake George. And it feels like she now understands kind of like the, how problematic the situation was and, how it's not just a woman sleeping around to get to the top. She says she didn't process it that way originally. And Mars says, well, you had a processing issue. <laughs> Listen, these two go forever be edited. They are destined to hate each other. It's never going to change. Jennifer says, well, maybe you have a delivery issue. Marge once again, once again, brings up the Instagram live about Jennifer wanting a nanny during a pandemic and all this kind of stuff. After some more arguing (laughs) where Jennifer tells that lady to change the channel, bitch, if you don't like the tone, she breaks down why she has like a lot on her plate. You know, she's home. She know she got all them them 511 kids she got. She got all them kids and she's homeschooling. The house needs tending to. Her parents are going at it constantly. And if she said the wrong thing, she might get the hell slapped out of her by her mama. She always feel like she's on the brink. She's refereeing. And, you know, her mama always want to hate on this. It's a lot going on. She says that all of this, you know, and they're constantly trying to judge her from one time where she got drunk and completely let loose. Mars kind of jumps in and she's like, you know what? Let's let it go. Let's just move forward. Move forward. And Jennifer explains like why her perception of the incident has changed. And she's sorry, Margaret. Y'all are both sorry. Y'all some sorry motherfuckers. I'm glad. Y'all just move the hell on. And it'll all be all right after that, okay? After Marge accepts, Jackie kind of asks, you know, Jennifer what she meant when she says she feels like 
she could be breaking up her family, you know, all that kind of stuff. See, this is why I felt like Jennifer has had the most compelling storyline this season. Like, you know, the, the whole, uh, what is it? Uh, Teresa versus Jackie thing was good, but you know, I feel like Jennifer every season, her family and her being in the middle of it always has enough to really kind of keep me interested. Like we've seen her brother struggling with his sexuality and trying to tell her parents and all that kind of stuff. We've seen this with her parents, you know, going through stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. I always think it's good stuff because I feel like Jennifer always has very relatable issues. And so she talks to them about, you know, she says like she feels like she's trapped in between them. Cause you know, Jackie's asking her like, well, what do you mean? I don't, I don't know about any of that. She tells her she feels like she's trapped in between them and how she says one thing wrong or is even nice to her father. Then her mama will try to whoop her. No, she didn't say that, but you know what I mean? Her mother might never speak to her again. All this being said, she's like, okay, I actually want to do like something in my house where I get all of the ladies together and y'all bring your moms. And then she's like, oh, well, maybe Jackie, I can have my mom talk to your mom because they don't live together. And then, oh, Lord, she can talk to your mom, too, because your parents don't live together either. It'd be some good they can talk about, yada, yada, yada. So we basically get set up for the last scene of the episode. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm not talking about Joe and Melissa. Sorry. But what I will say is we found out that Melissa has known about Teresa's new man and has met him before and all this kind of stuff. This is when they're off the boat. Now, this is a whole nother day. Uh, You know, Jackie's gone to see Melissa, yada, yada, yada. Old lying ass half <laughs> Later, though, we see another fairly scripted scene from Melissa where she spends time with her daughter and they go back, you know, back to school shopping at Envy. <laughs> I know that. I know that's right, Melissa. I know the fuck that's right. Why buy Supreme and Gucci and Prada when you can wear Envy, child? Anyway, after <laughs> they do that shopping, she starts interrogating her like most parents do and ask her if she's still seeing her boyfriend. She's refusing to talk about any of that kind of stuff. Then she asks her if she's had sex yet because her cousin said she hasn't. What an awkward conversation to have with a teenager on camera. My God. She's talking about to her about pregnancy and STDs and being safe and condoms and all this kind of stuff, which she should be telling her. But not on camera. Like, my God, this child is like clearly embarrassed and getting annoyed and yelling and everything else. This was very unsuccessful. Y'all should put this in a book under what not to do with your damn kids. See, this is why I can't be a parent ever because I'd say, now look, if you get pregnant, you can't live here because you and your screaming ass baby ain't about to interrupt me sleeping until noon. Okay. <laughs> listen being a parent ain't for everybody okay i'm fully aware of that i've acknowledged that it ain't for me okay cut to jennifer's event with the mothers her and her mom are cooking and you know everything seems good and you know they seem to be at their best when they're cooking together now child that damn daddy he's shady as hell Jennifer was telling her mom, you like, okay, go upstairs, get dressed, you know, get your makeup done, yada, yada, yada. 
and that damn daddy whispered to Jennifer and tell her to change her clothes. And of course, Jennifer going right along with it. Yeah, change your clothes. He's like, no belly shirts, no belly shirts. <laughs> A shady ass uh, father and daughter. Ain't nothing like it. The ladies start arriving and they're appreciating, you know, how much Jennifer has done and how much her mother's done and what they've done together. Yada, yada, yada. I love the conversation that actually ensues while they're all sitting down because they're talking about everything from, you know, having a sex talk as young adults and uh, how it was taboo in Turkey and all kind of stuff. I love learning about uh, their culture, too, because every time like Jennifer and her mother like peel back or Bill A, neither one of them kind of peel back the onion layers that we know, you know, because we don't know much about their culture really from television. I feel like that sector has been a little bit ignored almost, but we get a lot of it on here. So I do love that. Teresa starts getting emotional listening to these conversations, and it was the most relatable thing in the world to me. I always remember like the first Christmas without my dad, the whole like first half of the day was just fine. I had tons of family over. We was cussing and fussing and drinking and thinking. We was doing a whole lot of stuff. But at some point I needed to go to my other side of the family's house. And it was a lot quieter over there. See, I was along with my thoughts for way too much of the evening. I ended up leaving early because it was it was like just too much. Because I kept thinking like, oh, you know, he should be here and all this kind of stuff. I remember last year and yada, yada, yada. It was way too much. So, Teresa, I understand you leaving. I was right there with you on that one. Oh, R.I.P. <laughs> Listen, let me stop. Oh, Lord. Y'all don't get me started. I can't talk about my daddy. I can't do it. I beat and got upset. But why I got y'all here, let's doctor on these damn New Jersey housewives. See, New Jersey, not much is wrong with them. I've been enjoying this season. It's a little lackluster at times because, you know, all of the seasons have really kind of clung to one thing. Not seasons, but franchises. They've been clinging to one thing, and then, you know, we just kind of hope they move on at some point. So, obviously, we focused on Teresa versus Jackie for most of the season. But once we start getting into a lot of these other, like, side beefs and all that kind of stuff, it does get interesting. So, my biggest issue with Jersey is there is dead weight there that we can get rid of to strengthen the cast. I don't think you necessarily need Jackie. I don't think you necessarily need Melissa anymore. But I've accepted that Melissa is going to be around for a while simply because of one Teresa and two Joe her husband I believe they're Bravo royalty they'll love to keep them around and they don't want to be without the Gorgas and all this kind of stuff so I if if I had my choice though because child I don't they can't do it without Teresa sorry if I had my choice keep Teresa keep Dolores because I love their friendship keep Marge because I see the value in Marge on these episodes even though I feel like she gets off a lot undeservedly. I don't know. Keep Marge and keep Jennifer, of course, because I love Jennifer too. And then get two or three new girls in there. Just kind of refresh it. You don't need to do a a hard reset, but y'all could stand for some refreshing too. I do love this cast, but there are too many people that are just there to 
be there so y'all can freshen it up i won't doctor on y'all too much because i do actually still enjoy y'all like watching y'all is not pulling teeth the way it is with dallas because dallas sometimes i'm just like oh gee that's the one show i don't know if i've told y'all this but the way i like take notes is i always watch the shows at least once for pleasure and then at some point i watch again and i start that's when i start my note taking process I'll watch the shows at least twice and I'll take notes the second go round or third go round. For Dallas, I make sure I watch live and I watch once and I take my notes during that time. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sitting through Dallas twice. Sorry, can't do it. I watch right then and there. You like Atlanta, you never know when you'll get a good episode of Atlanta. So you always watching because you know they come from a history of having bomb episode after bomb episode. So you know, you can jump in there and just want to record. I don't know. It's, oh, Lord. It's, I, I can't do it with Dallas. But New Jersey, I still like to watch y'all live and just, you know, look in awe and gaze and see what the hell y'all talking about. So I won't doctor on y'all too much. Instead, let's go to Summer House. We pick right back up where Hannah and Dez... I basically in the hot tub telling Paige and Sierra about fucking in Kyle and Amanda's bathroom. Hannah says, see, it's nastier because Kyle pisses all over the place. He pisses all on the toilet and ejaculate ain't that nasty. Girl, I guess so. She said he ain't got control of that little itty bitty ding dong that he got. Well, she didn't say all that, but y'all see them little bitty blurs. I'm just saying. Look, I remember the guys in my fraternity house trying to justify nasty, dirty, gross, low-down shit like that all the time. Boy, wash them damn sheets and get the hell out of my face before I report you to the damn housing board or the or the, uh, the, 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 the tri-council, whatever the hell we called it. They're just, just nasty. Look, before I forget, Stravis' ass is back in the house because I definitely forgot when I turned on this episode and he walked past that camera, I was like, who the hell is that? And I was like, oh, child. And I forgot all about Stravis. But we go ignore him for now. <laughs> I love seeing Sierra talk about her next steps after the summer ends. She hasn't been away from ATL that long, and she's concerned because she read that like Georgia is in desperate need of nurses. And keep in mind, Summer House definitely is in the middle of a damn pandemic. So we hear about you know like the. It's good seeing it from her perspective because you know we get the the doctor perspective on married to medicine all the time and now hearing a nurse you know knowing that they're so needed during this time as well that's good and i love seeing her and having her represent that community uh we see what well, we actually hear about the non-drama that is amanda and kyle planning their wedding boring just saying then we see kyle and robert who is danielle's man i forgot about him too asking hannah and dez to uh oh not no, wait a minute not Kyle and Robert, Luke and Robert, asking Hannah and Dez to play the uh, tennis doubles or doubles tennis, whatever, and then them not wanting to. I bring it up because this actually comes up later in the episode about them not wanting to and Luke being a wee bit jealous, just saying. He says in his confessional <laughs> that he's always Hannah's biggest cheerleader. See, that's the biggest fuckboy line of the century, just saying. But 
He also says like he hopes Dez isn't used in Hannah because she's so successful and he's a washed up comedian. Oop. And I, oop. <laughs> well, damn, Luke. Now, see, I thought you were the nice boy who was above it all, not the slander, Luke. See, listen, y'all told me on social media that Hannah was a broke bitch and Dez was the most popular comedian in Europe uh, in the history of the world. Now, that's according to y'all. Now, I didn't say it. That's what y'all was saying. I need to know who to believe, okay? <laughs> we also see later on another instance of Luke cracking jokes about Dez's age. Now, child. I got a feeling that's going to come up at the reunion because, you know, when people start harping on age, all right, boy. We see the whole house preparing for the Kentucky Derby. Woo! I remember going to the the Oaks Derby at some point in college. I think I was in grad school. The derbies are a whole lot of fun. I mean, a whole lot of fun. Everybody is walking around as drunk as you are. It's almost like bourbon, but in a controlled richer environment <laughs> during this we see danielle and Lindsay talking about their respective relationships danielle talks about robert not wanting to have sex because you know he's new to the house and he's not comfortable there yet and you know how to have made it official yada 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 danielle not danielle Lindsay <laughs> talks about stravi and her hooking up the night before and him wanting to be her man again and all that and Danielle is honest, and she's like, I still don't think that's your forever man. I still don't like that fake-ass Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier-looking-ass motherfucker. <laughs> she didn't say all that, but she might as well have. I mean, I would have I would have backed you up if you said it, Danielle. I'm just saying. Everyone, I thought, looked fantastic for Derby Day. Carl looked super handsome. Uh, Luke looked like he, you know, opened the doors at a barbershop that featured a barbershop quartet. Paige... You know, she looked good, looked to do good. Sierra looked fantastic. I thought Sierra won the day. She looked uh, better than anyone else, but everyone looked pretty good. Let me stop. <laughs> let me not slander them people's AliExpress clothes. But let me tell you something. Carl announced that the winner gets money and that the two losers have to put on horse costumes to get whipped by a horse jockey. Now, listen. Had Sierra lost that damn race, I would have been boycotting and protesting all outside of Bravo. Because what you not finna do, what you not finna do is that. Not with me. Then listen, it would, shit was about to turn into Django Unchained at the damn Bravo Studios. Y'all better quit playing. We don't want to see no shit like that, okay? I'm guessing that's why the hell Sierra won. Y'all better quit playing with her. I know the conversation between Dez and Carl was supposed to be endearing because they related, you know, on the, the not drinking level and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, it felt like Carl was holding in a laugh the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. Dez kept patting him on the shoulders like a damn grandpa seeing a good report card from one of his grandkids. It was a lot. Dez, stop it. But... I like that they had a nice little moment, you know, because the rest of the time they let us know that everyone is upset with Hannah and Dez for not being around the entire time. I have thoughts, but I'll save those for later. <clears throat> Dez and Hannah, after the horse jockey race that Sierra won, invites Sierra downstairs to drink with them and to, you know, get to know them a little bit more. 
while the other others are upstairs drinking. Hannah and Sierra, you know, they discuss how much they like each other and how they'll be friends forever and yada, yada, yada. It feels like they've both forgotten, like, how they got here. Because at the beginning of the season, it felt like a whole other world. See, uh, Hannah felt like Sierra was there to, you know, make her jealous and all this kind of stuff. And Sierra didn't know what the hell was going on in her house. She just knew that she didn't fuck with Luke. That's all I'm saying. Listen, I know Luke is madder than a motherfucker seeing these two become best friends with child. Get the fuck over it. Let's let's talk about that conversation between Luke and Lindsay. That shit was disturbing. <laughs> she was being like incredibly open and honest with Luke. But why? That was my question. Like, why? Like, she talked about how Stravi was, you know, he's been back and he been nothing inside of her. The whole, I'm sorry, I, I know that's a, a, a crass word to use, but her words, not mine. How he's been basically ejaculating inside of her the entire time. Luke did one of them long pauses that he does. He's just like, okay. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to say to that? Congratulations. Happy birthday, as Phaedra says. I don't know what the hell to tell you. Then she had that man go and get his jewelry measuring, like his sizing rings, so that she can tell him what engagement ring size to get. Huh? Bitch, I said, way. Like, with the hand. You ready for all that already? Like, you just got back with the man 2.8 seconds ago, and you ready to get engaged already? After you just ran his ass out of the Hamptons or Montauk or wherever the hell that house is? Hell, I don't know. Listen, I've told y'all before, I just observe. I try to stay out of white people's business, <laughs> especially white people that make me do that left, you know, that kind of leftwards head tilt like, hmm? yeah, Lindsay makes me do that a lot. So I try to stay out of Lindsay's business. It's, it's, it's all failing poorly. I'm not doing a good job, but I'm getting out of it right now. The whole gang heads to the beach on their way. They discuss the differences between Robert and Dez. Robert O. Brown nose and ass <laughs> talks about how he was excited to see Danielle, but you know, I'm in your house, so I, I feel like I needed to make an effort to, you know, hang out with everybody. Okay, whatever, I get it. They all talk about how they haven't gotten the opportunity to get to know Dez because he hasn't really been around, except Luke. Luke basically says he didn't like his ass anyway. <laughs> And at the beach, they spend some time together, but Dez, of course, is leaving that day. So he, you know, he leaves at some point and Hannah now belongs to the group again. Her and Luke go off and they have a chat. They're talking and laughing about the past few days. And then Hannah asks him, you know, so did you like Dez? Luke says, you know, he's not the type of guy that I'd grab a beer with. And Hannah's like, oh, so you don't like my man? Luke's like, I'm not saying I don't like him. He's just not my cup of Lipton tea. See, his reasoning is that Dez didn't go above and beyond to impress the house. Listen, let me go and tell y'all. If y'all follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast, y'all know my thoughts about this situation. I see both sides, but if I'm visiting the person I like, love, am fucking or have a situation with, whatever, I, I don't, I don't give a, 
I don't give a damn about the roommate. Sorry, I don't. I don't. I don't give a damn about them. Especially in a pandemic where the time we get to spend with each other is already super, super limited. Like, super limited. I'm here for them and only them. Like, I don't... I'm sorry. I, that's me, though. I don't... I don't care about y'all. I want to be with the person that I want to be with. That's who I came to see. I'm not about to spend that entire time getting, uh, I don't want to say getting to know y'all, but going above and beyond to get to know y'all. Sorry. I don't know. I'm here for them and them only. And that's just that on there. They want to hang out with y'all. Fine. We'll hang. But if not, if they're like, if they're like Hannah and they're equally as uninterested in hanging out with y'all, boop. Sorry, don't know what to tell you. Let's go ahead and get to that big confrontation between Hannah and the rest of the girls. She's recapping things, basically the conversation between her and Luke, recapping all of that. All of the girls, with the exception of Sierra, basically take Luke's side. They feel Hannah and Dad's weren't around either. But Sierra says, you know, like, I get it. If the guy I really like is around and I haven't been able to be with him in forever, then I'm with him. Amanda says, you know, no, totally agree. I got it. But we still have to acknowledge what Luke said being true. Danielle's, you know, kind of blurts out, well, Robert has made a point to be friends with every damn body. <laughs> she ain't said like that. I was, ooh, I was really, I don't know where that came from. I was rolling my neck and everything when I said that. Hannah said, you know, maybe Robert is more friends with Dez. And Paige says, you know, like, don't get defensive, not friend, more friendly. That's it. She said, maybe Robert is more friendly than Dez. And Paige, you know, she picks up on the cues. She's like, look, don't get defensive. Hannah says, you know, it's just stupid. And Amanda kind of jumps up and like, you know, I'm sorry, our feelings are stupid. It starts a whole back and forth between Amanda and Hannah. But ultimately, Amanda says it's Hannah's fault that she didn't let Dez around them. Hannah's like, well, the girls is one thing, but the boys is different. Luke is an ex and Kyle, you know, has been shitty to me, basically. Now Amanda's super frustrated because that's my man. <laughs> she feeling upset. That's her man. They get into it. Hannah walks off. It's a whole thing. That's Summer House. Summer House is basically everybody versus Hannah every single week, which basically leads into my doctoring let's go ahead and talk about it summer house has been great this season it really has it's been the one thing we've all been watching you know when it comes on live we're all kind of loving summer house but i'm gonna be realistic for me if honestly if it wasn't for hannah starting shit every episode i don't know if i'd be interested in anybody else enough on this show to see what they're doing because everybody else is kind of vanilla right now i don't know like i don't i'm sorry i know this go fin i don't i don't give a damn about kyle and amanda i really don't the lover boy placement is aggressive i feel like if i don't drink a lover boy while i'm watching i'm gonna be get the shit beat out of me like it's it's an aggressive time to relax that's all i know i'm i don't know i don't I, it's it's a lot those two kind of bore me now they don't really keep up anything in the house they just are there and they're working and they're building their business like okay it's great to see but i don't need to see it i don't know Lindsay gets a lot of stuff going but not nearly with anybody else in the house just stravi and once stravi was gone Lindsay didn't have much to offer i don't know it's, it's i'm just saying like carl has been sober all season which is great absolutely great but 
child, with the exception of him getting mad at Luke, he just been there and then he wasn't there sometimes. And then I don't know the, the cast could like in season three, it felt like a whole new show. Once they brought in Paige, Hannah and Jordan. Now Jordan, don't get me wrong. Y'all know Jordan was my mortal enemy. Mortal combat. I wish I can get in there and do his ass like Scorpion did sub zero, but that's another day. I'm not going to give any energy to Jordan. Funk it. Helpful. But it felt very different when those three came in. Like, it felt like a whole new show, and it elevated it. Summer House got so much better that season. Maybe we're due for another change like that. Like, I know everybody likes the the original three, the Carl, Kyle, and Lindsay. I'm okay with, I guess, them staying, but I don't know. I'm Y'all are loving it the way it is. I'm loving it. I'm, I am I'm having fun with it, but... I'm recognizing it as if Hannah leaves, what's going to happen next season? Like, honestly, like, what are y'all going to, everyone else is just basically grown ass people working in a house together. Like that's the office building. <laughs> that's what they did. That's the office building. If you want for Hannah, you got Hannah that comes through like the uh, angry security guard knocking shit off the walls. And then the employees got to deal with it. So if she wasn't there, I'm just trying to figure out what, else will be going on and i know that's not something i needed to address this season but it's probably going to have to come up depending on whether or not hannah decides to come back next season i don't know <sighs> i don't need the doctor on them too much that's really more hypothetical than anything because as long as hannah's there they'll find a way to keep up some shit y'all know my theory is bravo has hannah cutting up a little bit on the show because they didn't know how this quarantine filming was going to go especially with them not being able to, you know, invite random hookups to the house or uh, have these big lavish parties that they've been having. You know, I think that they were like, okay, you getting a summer house check and your ass is getting a chat room check. We need you to earn this money. And I think she was more than willing to do it. I'm just saying. Y'all, I've doctored these four episodes. I need y'all to let me know y'all's thoughts. We've... We got to get Bravo back to its prime. Like there are other networks cranking out reality shows that a lot of people want us to talk about. And I'm honest, I'm willing to talk about them now. Y'all let me know if y'all want me to slowly go another direction. I absolutely will. I'll still talk about my Bravo shows because I love my Bravo shows. I'm a housewives person. I love the housewives. I love summer house. I was love summer house is a little strong, but I'm real. I enjoy summer house a lot. <laughs> you know, summer house is one of those shows you don't have anybody really to root for. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I enjoy my Bravo program and though I do love, uh, I'm ready for the bachelorette to come back with Katie. I'm ready to see what she gives. I'm ready for little women to come back. I'm ready for my Carlos King shows to come back. I'm ready for a lot to happen because right now Bravo is, is having a hard time holding my opinion. So y'all, Dr. D's nuts and I'll talk to y'all on my bonus episode. I was about to say next week, but no, I talk to y'all 85 times a week now. Shit. Uh, bye. <laughs> See ya. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. 
need to contact me, just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.